Hello and welcome to another episode of Courts Talks where I talk about anything and everything of interest to me, whether that be political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental, you name it, I'll speak about it. Today's episode is a review episode of the one and only Shakespeare play As You Like It, which featured at Soho Place for a number of weeks and featured the likes of Alfred Enoch and Leah Harvey and Rose Ailing Ellis and a, a star-studded cast, I'll say. Um, I really enjoyed it. I watched it, I think, two weeks ago. But I've been so busy over the past couple of days. I haven't really had time to, like, review. So I thought I'd come back to it. And As You Like It is a series that I watched, sorry, watched, read um, back in the day. Um, for A level English literature, I don't know if it was A S or A two, but I just remember it being like this sublime, constant focus on the sublime, this idea of being in um an environment where things aren't as they seem or they're not real. Um, and of course, when you put that on a stage, automatically things shift, um, because suddenly production becomes a priority um and you're taking the stage as a um, as a as a as a character as part of the play and Soho Place is a bit different to the other theatres I've been to. So most theatres are just your typical stage at one end, audience at the other, but Soho Place, the stage is actually in the centre. So uh stage is in the middle, you're seeing it from all different angles depending on where you sit. And everyone's got their own vantage point, which I guess is kind of like a metaphor for what actually becomes of the series. Um, particularly series of, of the play. Um, particularly because it is one of those stories that I think are quite typical to Shakespearean history, whereby older brother feuds with younger brother, younger brother seeks out new life, and then love interest um, kind of masquerades as someone that they're not, and then the story ends, really. Um, in, in choosing whether you want to be that person or not. Um, I'm trying to find my notes for it. I know I wrote notes for it, but I just can't seem to find them. I watched this on the 27th of January, so I should have notes. For some reason I don't, which is quite infuriating, but I'll do what I can from memory. It was about two, two and a half hours. Had a gin and tonic, but they put a cucumber in it. Bloody hate that cucumber. It's ruined the whole gin and tonic. But um, it was, I'm sure, but I have to find it. It was so, and I know I wrote really detailed notes as well, which is like really infuriating me. But it, it featured Leah Harvey, and Leah Harvey is someone I've seen in um, a Stratford East theatre production. I actually only watched like a few weeks ago, so it's nice to see uh, familiar faces, particularly because um, Leah Harvey is also a non-binary actor, so I'm witnessing somebody go from one setting to another and how they 
translate that is quite unique, particularly um, in this day and age where I feel like love interests tend to be your typical. Um, okay, the 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 play was called The Wonderful World of Dissocia. And again, I really enjoyed that because Leah was the lead performance and they have a way of encapsulating this really like da- um, jaunty, cheeky type character that I really like, very endearing kind of character. Um, they have this lovely afro that I just like, it's shaped in a way that is very 80s, but looks so like neat and 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 and, and nice on them. I know that sounds so weird, but I'm so used to long laid down tresses and like this afro is not even like your typical halo type afro it's like edged and styled in a way that just really compliments Leah's face but um again um clearly a star on the stage and and knows how to bring a character to life and um what I witnessed whilst watching this was um Leah Harvey playing two people in one so Leah Harvey as a non-binary actor plays a girl who dresses up as a a a male and funnily enough a male falls in love with um the girl figure but agrees to marry the male figure so it's that play play playing with gender that um I really enjoyed um I like stories that make you question things I like the absurdism of um this character that who so clearly seems to be um, female for the sake of the show, but presents as male enough to dupe the other character. But in reality, he's actually just a non-binary human being. So again, it, it forces you to, to kind of, you know, like as they say, you know, suspend your disbelief. And Alfred plays Orlando, and Orlando is your, is your smashing young man who, you know... Um, admittedly is um a romanticist and, and believes hard in 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 loving um yeah, his love interest but um um Rosalind but Rosalind has this again like this cheeky character of like duplicity of of being themselves with um their cousin Celia I believe and then being this whole other person with uh um Orlando and um I feel like it's always important to show Shakespearean plays in in person because when you read them all of these themes don't necessarily get fully articulated you know I remember my teacher constantly harping on about the sublime the sublime the sublime you're like okay so I was married I was imagining this forested place whenever um um Rosalind became her male character um I was seeing almost like a transformation occur, kind of like when I watched text, but but you just become this whole nother person, like stepping in and out of like costume. But when you're like watching it on stage, you don't get these quick costume changes. That's why I like the plays, because you're forcing people to really engage with like the characterization that's before you. It's not like the costume helps, don't get me wrong, it's really playful. Um and, and like very period piece because it is like trying to recreate those images of like old um old British society. But um there is um a real haunt 
of 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 Rosalind's character. Um, no, like it's a manipulation, never letting go of 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 Orlando enough until the very end, um, because he wants to be loved so badly for who they are. And then Ocelia's character is incredible. And um, if you don't know who Rose Ailing Ellis is, um, she's a dancer, she's a presenter. Um, she's done so many things on on TV, and um, and she's deaf. And well, what they did was that they translated um her words on the screen. Um, so again, it's got that accessibility element to it, and this is it's a cast of people like you'd probably never expect in a Shakespearean play because ideally it's abled, it's 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 women and men, it's white, but this is you know Alfred Enoch's mixed race. Leah Harvey's black. Leah Leah Harvey is non-binary. Um. Rose Ailing Ellis is deaf. It's all these like people that would be told you can't be in a in a um, a Shakespearean play, absolutely smashing it, like smashing it, genuinely looking at it and laughing because they they know to when to do um comedic moments. Um, they know how to present um emotion, uh, whether that's sadness at being banished from your home or delight and joy at being besotted by your new love. You know um. They go about their 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 dialogue in a very um translatable way, and I'll mention that in my next episode because I recently watched another Shakespearean play, and the dialogue was definitely not as clear as this one. So I think that's really important to demonstrate. Sometimes, generally, Old English is hard to understand, but I was able to follow it and actually like it. In the other play I watched recently, that I'll do the next review on, I couldn't follow the dialogue as well. Um, as with this one so I don't know whether that's my own issue whether that's because the language was particularly dated in that one and they didn't make it modern enough or whether that's just owing to theatrical production because the more theatre productions I see the more I see what's good and what's bad because sometimes you just can't tell the first time you watch something you're like oh okay it takes a while to get into everything people ask me like how do I go to galleries and watch exhibitions or theatre like do I find it interesting? Do I find it boring? Once you've been to enough, you develop a taste for what you like and what you don't like. And um, I obviously have a, a major crush on Alfred Enoch, so I was really keen to see him in person. But um, the acting, the acting chops, very much there. He is a very skilled actor. Um, not everyone can do plays. Um, not everyone can do live stage performances. Um, with all the wonders of um ongoing action there is no cut pause let's do it again lighting action effects like there's none of that it's just you this basically wooden box voice uh, different voices different intonations different costume changes if you're lucky but playing about on this um stage but um it was very much your it was, it was not, it's not your love triangle literally your love square because um so many of these characters are um fighting amongst one another for the other, which um I I I really enjoyed. Um usually that would like stress me and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to watch this. But it was done playfully. Um it was enough that I was able to see um these amazing characters come together and tell this like very old traditional story. But it's another thing to actually like enjoy it you know um and Leah Harvey is a is a delight to watch on stage on stage and so is Rose and so is Alfred like um you've got the slapstick comedy of I guess the jester who 
um, was unapologetically um, scandalous. And we had a, there was a pianist who was on the stage for like most, if not all, of the uh, production, which was really unique because they were obviously creating the scores and the sounds for amazing um, moments that required trepidation and crescendo. However, another part was me looking at it and being like, oh my God, how did they manage to like masquerade a whole story with a, with a musician right in the middle? Like he was there and they, and they, um, they used him and his piano as a prop, um, hiding underneath it, standing on top of it, uh, whisking around it, sitting on the chair with him, playing the piano with him. Like it was immersive. Everyone was involved. There was even a point where Alfred came into the audience and, um, literally laughed and, and performed amongst people who I don't know who suspected that he would be there but again as to the liveliness and that whole element of immersion and of course we heard that very well-known um, verse about all the world's a stage and um, its actors are merely players and then like the different stages of life and it was um, that was like three quarters into the story so I'd even forgotten that that verse is actually in this um, bloody play. I feel like I've seen so many now. When you've gone to enough theatre shows, you almost forget that, like, you've watched this before or you've read this before. Um, and it's a comedy. There was a lot of humour. Um, it's... It's powerful. It's powerful. The play, the playing of gender was a major, major part. But um, I, I wish I could have stayed for longer. And um, we had like that bard type character. I think it was Corin, who was consuming Scottish. Um, who was kind of like educating and advising Orlando so it had all the hallmarks of your traditional story is what I'm trying to say like as when she, once you watch enough films you kind of realize that most people are basically talking about deceit um or some level of mobility so deceit is I've been betrayed by somebody usually a family member sometimes it's a romantic um relationship likewise mobility is this idea of rising above what you are so they're trying to acquire money status love whatever like, there's always movement in these stories. And I'm um, learning as a writer, like, how to play with um, movement and um, pausing and make it significant. Um, I think the mix of characters definitely brings out the flavour of the story in a way that probably wouldn't have been executed that well um, without them. Obviously, the incorporation of British Sign Language was very, like, central to communicating, um, not just for people who are deaf or who want to understand a deaf character, but literally for the sake of saying that how we express ourselves is so important, like, particularly on stage, you know? Um there was a really genuine relationship, like chemistry between Celia and Rosalind that I really like. Like they're, they're these really candid characters that come together and like 
impress upon one another, com- compliment one another's um, softness. Um, it felt like a teenage love story, which is not the way I read it years ago. Um, but there's a real giddiness to it, watching it on stage with these characters. They're like, oh, like this is like a girl with her with her crush um that she fancies kind of leading him on leading him on and playing a game with him and he's just falling for it and it's 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 humorous um and i i want to see more stories like this i'm always afraid um that like we won't see stories like this again um because everyone is Everyone's afraid of difference. Everyone's afraid of change, of how things should look and how things should be. But um, every single character brings like such poignance to the story. Like where you're like, oh, this person could not be missing. Like even when a character falls in love with Rosalind as the male. Why have I forgotten um, Rosalind's character as a male? But yeah, and then um, that character also has someone who's in love with them. And they're like biting. Like you see what it means to be a sucker for love. You see what it means to be like laughing at somebody's ankles for their affection. And that always makes me uncomfortable. Like at this day and age, I'm just like, oh God, you can't do that to people. Like you can't, you can't want people that badly to the point whereby you almost guilt trip them into being with you. But even the deceit towards that character um, of being one person and falling in love with, uh, and then and and having someone fall in love with you is it's interesting and um yeah I'm worried that we're not gonna get stories like this that much longer I'm gonna have a quick browse for if I can find this um no I know I wrote notes for it you know like I've now become that person who after the show I'm like okay let me see um I really don't have notes. I think I wrote them, but maybe I didn't save them. Sometimes I do write things, I don't save them, which is very irritating. Or I think I intended to write them and I just never did, which is probably very, very likely. It's because I have that. I just do so much, guys. Like, I know this is a review of my um, theatre productions, but sometimes I'm so bloody busy. I can't tell my up for my down, my left for my right. I still have not. Um, God, that's so annoying. Now the font on my thing has turned black when it should be white. Um, oh, that is so annoying. I have to re- restart my phone. But um, yeah, I'm just constantly doing stuff, and I'll just review the next episode. Or I was supposed to watch The Wife of Wilsdon the other week, but I had a hospital appointment, so I couldn't even do that. So I'm just trying to keep up with my life as much as possible, engage in as much arts and culture as possible, and of course review it on this lovely podcast so that when I am 35, I can look back and be like, oh my god, I did so much. My memory's telling me I did nothing, but I actually did a stupendous amount. So yeah, I'll, I'll end it here. Excellent, excellent production. I'll give it four out of five solids. So hope this is a great destination, affordable, good tickets, great casting, amazing story. Um, less, lessons learned. I feel like 
as you like it's one of those stories that um is a classic amongst Shakespeareans but um when you see it played out it lends a whole nother level of understanding that um you probably wouldn't appreciate just on the page and I think that's the lesson for most Shakespearean shows so always would advise get into it you know go to it um but yeah Forest of Arden is a, is a unique place that the stuff of dreams can occur in. Um, I do wonder why they call it as you like it. Um, but there's a bit of politics as well in it um, that I feel like when you're reading it, you comes across because I feel like every old English story has like some level of property ownership, either war warrior battle or acquisition of some kind of trust like it's all classic English law English trusts and stuff that you can't really get away from English landlord you can't really get away from but it's underpinned in these storylines so I didn't really focus on Orlando's brother um wasn't really priority to me but all the world's the stage was obviously a classic Paragraph. Um, remember I'm trying to remember the other characters. Oliver. Oliver is Orlando's brother and how he goes on to meet Blue Celia. And Celia's also disguised. Um, and again, falls in love with her. So it's like these cousins getting these brothers to fall in love with them. Um, and um, yes, the chemistry between, I think, all of them was really well done. So yeah, I won't dwell. I do feel like I should start watching these theatre productions twice, but who has time or money? Why, like, you know, why not just see it once? Oh no, that's just my personality. But yeah, I will make sure to do another review for a new episode soon. Bye and take care.